everybody. It is Drags, Mike Petralia, back with another episode of the Jungle Roar podcast. I want to welcome back a good friend, Paul Daner Jr., to the pod. Uh, Paul, the last time you were on, you said that uh, you wanted to be on more, and you wanted to make <laughs> sure that James Rapine didn't run away with the count yeah. uh, in terms of number of guests' appearances on this pod. And I'm trying to give you the opportunity here to do that. And I am giving you the opportunity to do that. Welcome back. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. You know, I've tried to remind you of my desire to be back every day since then. And uh, you have. To make sure, yeah. And 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 I'm disappointed that, you know, I know James has made multiple appearances since that request. And, you know, he's he's a hot, he's a hot commodity these days. But I just, I just, I just, I'm just here to try to prove my worth. You know, I just want to I want to try to 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 try to make it so you feel like you can't keep me off. Of Anybody who reads Paul Daner Jr. on The Athletic knows <laughs> you've already proven your worth, Paul. By I the way, prove Paul, it to you. You don't have to say that. You know, you are <laughs> one of the best guys there is friend and otherwise, I might uh, I might um, add. All right. Let's get to the business of football. The Bengals uh, were banged up a little bit on Sunday. We'll start with Trey Hendrickson and what Zach Taylor said on Monday about his status, the uh, broken wrist, the wrist injury. Uh, what did you take from his comments in terms of his ability either to play this Sunday with a club on that wrist or take some games off and let it heal uh, more completely? <laughs> you know what? Someone tweeted to me something that fit perfectly. It said, Zach Taylor talking about injuries is sort of like I do as a dad. It's like, oh, just, you know what? Just we'll see where it's like in a couple of days. Work, just, just power through it, you know? And it's just, it's always this sort of optimistic, we'll see how it turns out kind of view. Um, so I, and I think that's probably the case with Trey Hendrickson. Um, I, the concept of him playing this weekend, I think is, is pretty crazy. I don't think that's part of it. I think he's just kind of trying to, you know, hold off on making any declarations. You know, we, we talked to Lou Anarumo yesterday. I mean, he was like, look, I I don't think there's value in somebody here with a club who can't can't drive, can't steer, can't, you know, slap right. off somebody that's trying. It's like, I, I, I would just like to see it get healed and then come back. I think that's inevitably where this ends. Um, how many weeks that ends up being, how, you know, until – uh they feel like it's good enough that Trey can come back. Hard to know. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, any the con the the non-IR thing is good, but remember, they also had five healthy scratches or four healthy scratches this past weekend. So it's not like they feel like they're pressed on a roster spot. They have the elevations they can make. So they can keep that open, if anything, just to get Trey back to practice early, like we saw with Chase. I don't think the no IR thing, which was seemed notable, was as big of a deal because I think they would be comfortable just keeping him on the roster with their current status now anyway. Uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Um, the Tyler Boyd thing seems a little bit more significant than I think just a, a banged up finger. Like with Mike Hilton, who, by the way, needed surgery on that pinky finger. But with uh, Tyler Boyd, I think, you know, the fact that they want to make sure he doesn't have an infection in that dislocation, um, it, it must have been. I, I just wonder if it was an open wound. It seems like that's the case. I mean, we start talking right. about making sure there's no infections, that, that, that you've got bones coming through or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, that does appear to be more serious. Yeah, you mentioned the Hilton thing. 
to me, it feels the same, except for the major fact that Mike Hilton didn't have to catch footballs. And, you know, when you're, when catching is your game and pain tolerance is the task, that's a tough combo um, to see how quickly you can, you can get back. I mean, for me, um, it's, you know, I, that seems like a couple of weeks and, and you're back at it and whether they, he can play against new England or not is probably the one that's really up in the air. I know that he went day to day on him, uh, but that seems highly unlikely that you have something that significant to your finger and you're catching the football and you're going to be back out there again on Sunday, you know, especially if T is back. Right. I mean, they've handled this before and they, they just beat the Browns with both those guys out. But I, I think, you can see if T's back, especially you. You have Trent Taylor inside. You can continue to use Irwin. Um, it's it's not going to totally put you out. They've handled this before. You just got to make sure that these guys are ready for what's inevitably going to be, um, you know, a playoff run. What were your biggest takeaways from Sunday? You know, I I just think how well rounded this team continues to be. Um, there, I mean, this is this is Nick Chubb and this. Cleveland run game that's given them so many fits and and we walk away talking about DJ Reader and we walk away talking about BJ Hill and right. and and Logan Wilson with 17 tackles and that I mean it's just there's just not a lot of teams at this point in the year that can beat you both ways so consistently you know they have a top five offense one of the best in the league humming we see them put up major points and they have a defense that can shut it down and now Cam Taylor Britt making some big plays at the end of that game, I feel like can be a really big turning point for him, which was the one spot you were really worried about. How's this rookie corner going to hold up? That was the first time he was really directly attacked. Even Mahomes didn't really go after him to the amount that I expected him to. Watson did in big spots at the end of the game and to have all four of those end up in completions could be a real turning point for, for solidifying that to be good enough down the stretch to, to continue winning those games. So I just think to me it's it's the well-rounded picture of this team where they just don't have a weakness. They have strengths everywhere. It's really hard to find where you can whereas other teams that are in this playoff push, um, you can wonder about that Bills offense right now. You can certainly wonder about that Chiefs defense. And everybody else in the AFC, I think, is a tier or two below them. So um to me, they are one of the most well-rounded Super Bowl contenders in the entire league. This is where I don't think Duke Tobin gets enough credit and the staff. Uh, the roster that they built starting in 2021 uh, in the offseason heading into la- uh, the 2021 season uh, and going and continuing into this offseason uh, before this year, um, he has built a roster that can take hits like it has taken all year. I mean, remember, this is a team that lost Cheeto Awuzie, against the Browns to an ACL. They've lost DJ Reader for a significant time. They lost Jamar Chase for four games. They have had major injuries to star players, and now they're going to be without Trey Hendrickson, you know, for at least, I'd say, a couple of weeks, three weeks. This is a team that has really sustained injuries but been able to plow through it and uh, still stay at the top of the AFC. Yeah, because, you know, number nine still healthy. And so that helps, right? Yeah. I mean, it just what I think, really and fast. that's something that we've learned a little bit about him this year is, well, yeah, he didn't really have to deal with that last year. I mean, he didn't really have to deal with not having his guys. I mean, he had his guys for pretty much every game, and as lots of different things have changed, and also, I mean, all five offensive linemen have played every game. So 
that's been able to grow together. That's been able to stay stable. They've been able to find protection for Burrow and chemistry with the line. And that has kind of, I think, allowed Burrow to to make it all work on that respect. But you're exactly right. I mean, the depth, this last year, there was a wave of people. And we talked about how they were finding people, right? It was Trey Flowers off the yes. heap. It was it was Clay Johnston. It was Tuchek. Who was the Tuchek, right? The guy, who, yeah. I just remember his nickname. They, they, he played for one team one week. And he's in the playoffs the next week. They were finding guys to come in and make impact. And and draft picks were rising, right? And but it was like, okay, now there's a new wave of those guys this year that have had to come up and make plays. Joseph Osai against the Chiefs with the biggest play of his career. Cam Taylor Britt stepping in, Trenton Irwin, Trent Taylor, guys that they specifically latched onto and held onto and balked at going other directions have have stepped up and and made plays. And, and you're right. I mean, understanding which guys to hold on to, understanding how to find that depth um, is a real skill of theirs. And between that and the way they've drafted the last three years, you know, it's, it's how you have a well-rounded, such a well-rounded team like this. There's no question. Ironic Paul, because they are playing a team this Sunday that has not been able to sustain injuries that has, you know, the goat, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, and they have just not been able to produce offensively whatsoever. And we saw it again, on Sunday in San Francisco, they were just curb stomped 35 to seven down 35, nothing at one point. And I just wonder how this Tampa Bay team is going to come out and play the Bengals on Sunday. Does, does that thought go through your head that, you know, Brady's going to be motivated and the Bengals have to be on guard for that? Definitely. Uh, I mean, I think if there's anybody that you're not going to count out, unless he's just totally thrown his hands up with the Tampa thing and just been like, man, this place, whatever i'm out of here which you know whatever we you would be able to speak better to that than i would probably but i mean not likely i would tell you yeah i mean but i'm just saying the uh, the concept of of him just being like you know what just gonna cash in the chips on this season gonna take a losing season which never happens um i i don't see that i don't see him you know i just feel like there's going to be a lot of motivation. There's going to be a lot to play for. You know, we had, um, we had Kevin Falk on our podcast and it was great talking to him who he was at LSU when Burrow was there. And obviously, um, you know, his time with the Patriots, you know, and he was like, you know, here's the thing. Brady always watches. He always hears the, the, Oh, this guy's the next Brady or this guy's that he's like, he knows, he, he, you know, he feels that. And so do he's like, I'm not, I certainly don't think that it's not on his mind a little bit when the next Brady in Joe Burrow is coming to town and he's got a team that he's trying to get back on the right track. You know, it's kind of the ultimate Brady motivational uh, intersection here. To it see. is. I, I, it feels like one a, a trap that you don't want to fall into for sure. And I just wonder if, I think the Bengals are mentally prepared to handle that. And I think they are, even keel like you know the marvin teams were in the playoffs five straight years they obviously won three division titles in his time but you never got the sense paul and you were around the team and i and i was not at that point but those teams rode emotional roller coasters this bengals team i don't think does that i don't think they ride emotional roller coasters and for that reason i think they're able to go into a game like this avoid you know reading their own headlines and reading the bravado and take care of business. That's the sense yeah. I get. 
big games in those days were creating tight teams. They were tight. They played tight. They were coached tight. Practices made you tight. Here it's the opposite. The bigger the game, the looser they seem to be during the week. That feeds off of Burrow. It feeds off of the culture they've created. It's just sort of there's a whole different atmosphere around big games, big moments. I mean, you, you saw that in those five straight playoff losses. You saw that in all the primetime failures that used to have. And now you've seen that in the way that they have played with the bigger the stakes have gotten here with Burrow and Taylor is that just that they seem to thrive in those moments. They seem to play their best in those moments and, and, um, and are able to survive that type of stuff. And, and now they're just on such a roll um, that it's, it's really hard to see, you know, something coming out of nowhere on them. I mean, they can go out there and not play their best like they did on Sunday and still win handily against teams that they're better than right now. And the bucks are that, they are Brady or no Brady. They are the Bengals are significantly better than Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's a game that even if they don't play their best, they should be able to go out there and win. Doesn't mean that they will, but I mean, I think they're very much built right now uh, to handle all of that. Well, we're going to let you go early, Paul, because uh, we're we're both under the weather a little bit. We're working, uh, but we're but here we are grinding yes. for the people. We are here for the people because, and I needed I to chalk up my appearance. And and you have done that officially, and you will be on. I will promise you, you will be on, if not before the playoffs, during the playoffs, if the All Bengals right. get there. I look forward to it. No more rapine. Down with rapine. Up with me. Up with Paul Daner Jr. That's where you can find him on Twitter. Paul Daner, J-R, all one word. Paul, you're the best. Thanks for joining me, and uh, appreciate your time your insight as always and we have a big game this week and of course my homecoming to new england uh the week after that which will be uh it'll be fun for me i'm not gonna lie it's gonna be a lot of fun well he is paul daner jr i'm mike petralia tracks thanks for downloading this episode of the jungle roar podcast be sure to follow me on twitter at trags t-r-a-g-s and click and subscribe on the jungle war link on the youtube page thanks for watching